0: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. It is the week leading up to the 2020 NFL draft, and we're welcoming back on the editor of Roll Bama Roll, the Alabama SB Nation site, and he's a Seahawks fan, former Field Goals contributor, Brent Taylor. Welcome back.
1: Hey, Brandon, back already? Glad to be here again.
0: Hey, you know, we we talked about all the Alabama guys, but you know, there's a lot of SEC guys that I feel like I wanted to ask you about just Based on the fact that, you know, as an Alabama fan, when you're coming up against a player who, you know, you, you start to worry about going into a game or, or even in game, you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy uh, is the real deal. And you got to watch out for him. And then I'm sure just as a Seahawks fan, you're thinking, OK, I'm, I'm not happy about having to play against this guy but this is a guy that I might like for my Seahawks when it's time for him to turn pro. And so that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking of for, for talking about with regard to the show.
1: Oh, absolutely. I've noticed the players I hate the most in college are the ones that end up picking and not drafts the most. Yeah. But (laughs) one of the cool things I've noticed over the years of uh, lurking on field goals is, uh, you know, around this time, all the Seattle Northwest people are talking about all these players from the pac 12 that I've never heard of. Uh And I'm like, Now, I know this dude from Tennessee is so much better than that guy from Washington State. Right. You know, it's just so much regional bias that, you know, I only see these SEC guys. And then Pac-12, I don't know a single player unless it's, I don't know, some quarterback. It's a big deal.
0: Well, let's talk about some of these players in the SEC that I'm interested in particular, because one of the things we started off with when we had our Alabama conversation was we we were really focused in on guys on the defensive line. I mean, there's guys, especially when I look at Florida, you got a couple of, of different pass rushers there, maybe interior guys on A and Auburn that I like. When you think of guys in the SEC, Particularly, maybe, let's start off with pass rush players. Who do you kind of lean toward as guys that you're interested in making the Seahawks team? So, kind of for, you know, you're really more highly rated guys like Jonathan Grenard.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Grenard is a great player. I like watching him. He's maybe not like an elite type pass rusher, but he's, he's fast. He's got good instincts. And he's a lot of fun to watch. So, I think he'd be a good one if... You know, I kind of get him with good value and even second or early third round if he drops that
0: far. Yeah, and he, he's a guy that fits everything what the Seahawks are looking for. 6'3", 263 pounds, almost 35-inch arms. And, uh, you know, in terms of explosive traits, he's, he's right on the edge there with a lot of his testing. But I, I do think he would be kind of a, a well-rounded guy and... He was a guy that uh, Mookie Alexander, our field goals editor, put up as the Seahawks first pick in the SB Nation mock draft with that expectation that the Seahawks would likely trade out of the first round and maybe pick a guy who could be seen as a reach by some people.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they picked him at the end of the first round, I think I think it would be a little bit of a reach, but I don't don't know. It's in one of those spots where anyone you pick, there's going to be a reach anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, and especially with not having any kind of dominant-type edge players, I think right. you're, you're trying to pick from the best of maybe the next tier down.
1: Right. I agree. And I, I think Grenard, like I said, he's, he's well-rounded, and I think he's one of those guys that can be a very good pass rusher for a lot of years. Maybe not necessarily a 12-13 sack kind of guy. Yeah. The other guy that I'd like to mention is... Typically viewed more of a fifth, the sixth round guy that I think is way underrated. Okay, that that's Chauncey Rivers out of Mississippi State. He, he kind of reminds me of Grenard. He's very well rounded, probably not as athletic, but he's got a lot of pass rush moves. He's great at swimming around guys, batting their hands around. It, you know that that's kind of like what I like to watch. And he he's about that same size, two sixty ish. But the the cool thing about him is. I don't know if you watched it, but they did a Last Chance U series a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, I'm familiar with the show. I didn't watch it, but yeah.
1: Yeah, so he was one of the guys on that. So He's got a lot of that backstory of overcoming stuff and, you know, kind of dramatic backstory, whatever. So I saw that and I was like, oh, Pete Carroll's going to be all over this. And he's got (laughs) a lot of that same kind of technical rushing that we saw from Michael Bennett, if not, you know, the pure athleticism.
0: Yeah, that's a guy whose name I, I hadn't quite heard yet. Uh, so that that's now going to be a guy on my radar, especially come day three. Uh, what about some of these guys like Marlon Davidson out of Auburn? If uh, I think he's more of a, an interior guy. But uh, what's your take on the, the Auburn defensive lineman?
1: Uh, Davidson doesn't know what he is. So Auburn's got Derek Brown, which he's probably going to be a top 10, top 5 kind of pick. And he's tremendous. And I hate giving any sort of credit to Auburn, but he's tremendous. Marlon Davidson, like I said, is kind of I don't know if he really knows what he has. he's 303 pounds, right. And primarily did like pure edge rushing. <laughs> makes no sense and and he doesn't even bull rush that much. He's like legitimately trying to speed rush around the end and he's not bad at it. That's funny. Like you especially see him more early in the game. Mm-hmm. I think just that kind of size edge rushing surprises offensive tackles a lot, and he gets them all out of sorts and off balance early on. And then a lot of times you see him start to taper off as the game goes on. So as a pass rusher, I think it could be decent. I don't know how that would translate to an interior rush, but he might be good at it. I like him as a run stopper, though. He's really good at kind of taking on that tackle and then spinning the tackle back in and forcing a running back either backwards or back to the middle.
0: While we're talking about guys on the defense, are there any other players within the SEC? Because I do want to flip over to the offense, but uh, who, who's your top guy that you would love to have uh, playing for the Seahawks on defense that we haven't mentioned yet? Do you think Javon Kinlaw will fall far enough in the first round? <laughs> I I had that question for you, and I, I feel like it's being overly uh, optimistic, but gosh. <laughs> Probably
1: is. It- it's so funny. Like he's from South Carolina, but he's just like watching a three hundred pound clowny. Yeah. And like that first step, he's just so explosive, and then doesn't really know where he's going sometimes with it. But that first explosion is just scary to watch. See another guy that I had written down though is Benito Jones out of Ole Miss. Okay. So he's another. He'd probably be a fifth to seventh round kind of guy, maybe even an undrafted. But he, he's one of those defensive tackles, kind of like Puna Ford. He gets docked a lot for being short and not all that fast. I think he had like a five-two ish 40 time. Mm-hmm. But he he plays a lot faster than that. And he's more of a pure nose tackle. And, I mean, he really gets up in the face of a lot of centers, knocks him back, mm-hmm. and he's disruptive. So he, he's got to watch. I think he would be a very good comp to Puna Ford, maybe a little taller.
0: Going back to Kinlaw, I'm kind of curious about this because I know the Seahawks never trade up to, to really get a guy, especially in the first round. We've seen them trade up to, to get guys in the second round. They traded up to get Jaron Reed from Alabama. They you know, there's There's been guys where they've made the move for DK Metcalf, they traded up to get him. But they've never traded up in the first round. If Javon Kinlaw were to fall, at what point do you start looking at it and saying it really makes sense for the Seahawks to try and trade up? And and get a guy like him.
1: I I'm I'm not real versed in like memorizing trade pick value, but I mean, if he hit twenty to twenty one range, I'm I'm going to be starting to like pound the table and yelling at Schneider on the TV.
0: Well, I will say because I I've just been trying to look at some of these you know the different draft values and. One of the things that I could potentially see, Philadelphia, they have the the number 21 pick overall. And you know, there's a lot of those top receivers that I could see going in, you know, potentially the top 20. And so if the Eagles find themselves at that 21 pick, the the wide receivers that they may have wanted to follow them aren't on the board, that would give the Seahawks the ability to trade up out of the 27 pick, use one of their late second round picks, and just use one of those guys to trade up. Into that Philadelphia Eagle spot at twenty-one, so that's kind of the the target that I see as if a guy falls that the Seahawks really like, and the draft board works out a certain way, that's kind of where my eye is at.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'd be okay with it. Um, I'd hate to lose that second round pick because there's just so much, there's a lot in the second third round of this draft. Yeah, that I'd hate, I'd hate to lose out on, but I'd be happy with Kinlaw. I think he's a bit raw still, and he's got some work to do to get a little more consistent, but he's got all the traits to be, I mean, an absolute force.
0: Well, that's something to think about going into this week. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and I want to hit on some of the offensive guys, too. We've spent so much time talking about defense. I want to talk about some weapons for Russell Wilson. We'll do that coming up next. Talking to Brent Taylor of Roll Bama Roll, and we're leading up to the NFL Draft. Brent's a Seahawks fan, former contributor to field goals. And so one of the things that we want to do, we've spent a lot of time talking defense, but I want to talk about offensive weapons because... One of the things we've seen with the Seahawks, they they've been spending the offseason putting guys on the offensive line to protect Russell Wilson. Uh haven't haven't found a whole lot of guys that you would say are weapons or superstars, you know, that that Russ has pounded the table for, but going into the draft, there are some of these guys and in with you specializing in some of those SEC type players, you know, whether it's running backs, whether it's wide receivers, there there's a few different directions that I could see the Seahawks going. Where they could find impact players to help out Russell Wilson. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, I do. I do want to mention that offensive line wise, there's a couple of guys that are more top fifteen kind of tackles. Yeah, there's Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia that might be in the range of first round pick and is giant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just giant.
0: Three hundred fifty pounds, thirty-five inch arms, yeah. And I've talked about him quite a bit too, just based on the fact that he's a three hundred and fifty pound offensive tackle, and yet he he has a, a nearly thirty inch vertical, tested pretty well in the short shuttle, considering that size, and has a, a really good broad jump. He was broad jumping past uh, some of these uh, three hundred pounders that uh, on the low end of three hundred pounds. So. He's pushing a lot more weight and performing just about as well as as some of these other guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. He he's got that potential. Uh, whether or not it translates to actually playing tackle really well, I don't know. Right. But you, you know, past him, I, I think a lot of boards are looking at Prince Tegawanago out of Auburn. Yeah. Uh I wouldn't touch him. Maybe a late late draft pick, but Second to third round, no. And then there's a big drop-off after that. There's not really any guys from the SEC at tackle until more late-round kind of guys.
0: Finding a replacement for Jermaine Effetti would be kind of one of those areas where I I could see Seattle going. And out of the SEC, I I think Wilson is probably the more likely guy. Um, There's Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, but I think he's expected to be off the board probably by the time the Seahawks pick. He'll be gone. Yeah. Well, let's talk about wide receivers, because there are a lot of exciting guys. and you know, you This got, is a fun class. It is a fun class, and especially when you focus in on the SEC, you got Jefferson out of LSU, you got T. Higgins out of Clemson, Brian Edwards out of South Carolina, and he's a guy that that didn't test, so he didn't get to see. The Seahawks tend to look for wide receivers with 4'4 speed, and uh, and we know Jefferson had that. He was kind of a little, he was kind of a surprise, maybe people didn't. Seemed to think he was going to run that fast for whatever reason at the combine. T. Higgins was more in the four-five range, and uh, uh, but there are there are some guys. Who do you like out of the wide receiver class? Uh, well, he threw out Brian Edwards. He's been one of my
1: favorites since yeah. early in the season. It, he's a good, well-rounded kind of guy. the The only issue I'd see with Edwards is scheme-wise, South Carolina uses him almost exactly how Seattle uses DK Metcalf. Mm. So, you know, I wonder if that would kind of conflict or I don't know, maybe they're looking at the same kind of guy on both outsides, move Tyler Lockett to the slot.
0: Well, and Brian Schottenheimer has been talking about maybe moving DK and playing him more from the slot too, to to get some mismatches, you know, and going yeah. into his second year, they could they could try and, and be more versatile with using him, too.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Uh, there's another guy I'm going to mention in a little bit, but I'll get to him that <laughs> works in that same big slot kind of vein. Yeah, but Brian Edwards, you know, he's big. He's fast. He's good after the catch. He can make some contested catches and then he has some inexplicable drops. Uh, But really when I watch him, I'm like, okay, this guy is a slightly smaller, not quite as fast DK Metcalf with slightly better hands. Mm. And that's about who he is. So, you know, third round, second, maybe even second round. It could be a really good pick.
0: I feel like Edwards has been flying under the radar for sure. And maybe it was just because not testing in the combine. Yeah. Well, and South
1: Carolina didn't exactly have the best uh, quarterback situation. (laughs) That that doesn't
0: help either. (laughs) Well, another wide receiver, and I don't know if I can even classify him as a wide receiver, but a guy that I've been watching more and more of, and that's Lynn Bowden out of Kentucky and a guy that they he's listed as a wide receiver, but they had him playing quarterback. They had him they're handing the football off to him. He had over a thousand rushing yards. I think it was upwards of thirteen, fourteen hundred 1400 rushing yards for Kentucky last year. And then a guy that I could see being a special teams type player too, with punt returns and kick returns. Uh, what, what's some of your thoughts on the Kentucky receiver? Oh man, he's fun to watch, isn't he? Yeah. Uh,
1: so I've, I've thought for, Especially this year, but really the last couple of years, Seattle's on offense is missing a major piece in someone that, you know, on third down, second down, you can throw in the ball about six yards on a dump off or something. And he actually gets the first down instead of getting tackled one yard before it. Right. You know, our offense the last couple of years seems like it's either been hey, either Chris Carson gets four yards, four yards, four yards, or we hit a bomb. Mm -hmm. And there's not a whole lot in between, it seems like. So, you know, somebody that you could just throw him the ball four yards down the field on a screen or something. And he gets that extra six yards would be really nice. And a punt returner and kick returner would also be really nice.
0: Yeah. Someone to take over that role from Tyler Lockett.
1: Yeah. Lockett just hasn't been right at that since his leg.
0: So you mentioned you had a slot guy. Was did I steal your pick on this or is there another guy? that you're thinking no, about? no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> so that, that would be Jawan Jennings out of Tennessee. Oh, okay. um, uh, I think he's typically seen seventh round to maybe an undrafted free agent, but he, he's the guy that's been basically a five year starter that got an extra year for medical redshirt. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's six three, almost 220 pounds and he's best after the catch. So like he's, he plays almost solely out of the slot and gets a whole lot of yards after catch, which just makes no sense at his size. But that that's what he does, and he's got – I mean, he can make people miss. He can pinball off people and just shrug tackles. But his – and then his catching is very inconsistent. He can make some leaping stuff, and then he'll drop a game-winning touchdown. So the funny thing I watched about him is just his – kind of that initial release is just like, what are you doing? He's like kind of horse galloping, trotting off the line of scrimmage. It's really weird to watch. But then I'd watch him, like – Dude, his footwork is so good when he's juking someone and so bad off the line. This has to just be coaching of some sort. Sure. But, you know, he he's basically been Tennessee's top receiver for five years with a variety of horrible quarterbacks. Uh, so he, he's one I'd like to watch just as a big slide
0: after catch kind of guy. Yeah, potential late round guy. Yeah, even undrafted. Well, the one spot we haven't mentioned yet Brent is running back. And I'm kind of curious of where you because it seems like whenever we talk running backs, people are of of one mind or another when it comes to the value of running backs. And we know that this, the Seahawks value the running back position. You know, they went out and right or Penny at the end of the first round. And I think I feel like part of that is just because the the devaluation of the running back position, it allows guys to fall a little bit later than than Maybe they were just a few years ago. So there's a couple guys that I could see going in the first and second round, the SEC guys like DeAndre Swift. He's, you know, he's probably a first round guy. Uh, you got uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, a first, maybe second round guy out of LSU. But then you have some guys, too, in the late round that you know, have that, I think, the potential of, you know, Chris Carson they got in the seventh round. So whether that's Rico Doudle out of South Carolina, LaMichael Pirine out of Florida. When you when you think of some of those guys, you know maybe Brian Harrion out of Georgia as a day three UDFA type guy. Where where does your mind go when you think of a running back that the Seahawks could add in the draft?
1: So I, I think there's three kind of mid round guys, and you mentioned two of them. So that that would be Michael P Ryan and Rico Doudle. Uh, the other I'd say is Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. P Ryan and Doudle are both uh, kind of. Stout, choppy running backs. that They'll remind you a lot of Mike Davis. Pretty good after catching the ball, pass protection. I like Dowdo a little better than Pirine. He's got a little more kind of that initial explosiveness, and get he can hit top speed pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Either of those guys I, I like a lot. But Keyshawn Vaughn is an interesting one. So he's maybe a little taller, kind of that 215 range. And he's more of a power and glider kind of guy. So he's got a good bit more breakaway speed than either of the other ones. And, I mean, he's a thick dude. So he can run <laughs> through some people. But he, he doesn't quite have that same side side choppy, juke-you kind of mentality. Okay. So I, I don't know which one would work better in Seattle. A few years ago, I'd say we don't want the glider kind of guy because the offensive line can't. You know, ever let him get Locked. that kind of speed. <laughs> right. Last couple of years in Solari, it's been you know run blocking at least has been a little bit better it seems. Yeah. And uh, Rashad Penny's a lot like that. He needs that extra room to get going, and he can turn a little
0: into a lot. Well, you didn't bring we did, we didn't talk about Clyde edwards hilaire and I feel yeah. like of of guys that I just watch and I see as a guy who can be an impact player. He's the guy that my mind immediately goes to.
1: So Edwards Hilaire, I think, is a very safe player. He's a guy that he'll he'll do a very good job, especially on third downs. In that same role, I was just saying earlier that you know Seattle kind of needs is hey, you catch a little four yard dump off and you actually get the first down. Just whatever it takes to get it, you get it, and that's what Edwards Hilaire can do. What he can't do is break big plays. Okay, I mean you're five seven, runs like a four six five ish forty. If you get ten yards out of them, you're doing good.
0: Yeah, and that's where it seems like Vaughn has that advantage of more the four-five speed, and Dodal, who also has the four-five speed, and kind of has those measurements of of that initial burst where they, you know, he had the big broad jump, he had a a nice vertical jump. So it it does seem like Dodal kind of fits a lot of those areas where the Seahawks would look for, and probably more in the range that I think Seahawks fans, especially the ones that are more against the taking a running back early. Dodal might be kind of in that more comfortable range, I think, for a lot of folks.
1: Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think Pirine would be a very, very similar player to Edward Solaire. Okay. For a lot more value. Maybe not quite as good, but honestly, I think he could get similar production. Dodal, I think, is very underrated. He, he's he got that, I mean, just explosion. He's so fast when he sees a hole. Mm-hmm. So I, I like him a lot. I think he's very underrated. I'll, I haven't mentioned DeAndre Swift. I think he'll be gone by then. And I think Swift is a very, very good running back in pretty much every aspect.
0: I, I, I threw his name out there just because him being an SEC guy. But yeah, the, the expectation that he would be the guy that uh, the Seahawks would would, would take first, maybe a little more unlikely.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned Harrion out of Georgia. He's an interesting guy. If you're, if we're looking at maybe an undrafted free agent that can return kicks, he'd be an interesting pick. He's he's kind of big and has a lot a lot of speed to him. Uh, Watching him, he's like he's always off balance. He's always falling down and about to die. Now he's normally diving for something, but I don't know. He's one of those guys that feels a little off balance and out of control on the field all the time. Interesting, but fourth string running back kick returner tackles people in special teams he could be an option
0: yeah and one of the reasons why you know kind of keyed in on the some of the georgia players you know he was the offensive coordinator there in 2015 and so i think you know maybe some of these guys if they i guess if they've been four-year starters they, they may have been guys that he was involved with recruiting so that's uh just something to keep in mind i guess when when thinking about some of these georgia players with the the brian schottenheimer connection right well, Brent, really want to thank you coming back on, breaking down some of the SEC players, and uh, looking forward to the draft
1: this week, man. Yeah, me too. I get so excited, and hey, since we're all quarantined, at least there's something to do. <laughs> there's
0: going to be something to do, and and something to talk about. You know, once we know who these guys are that the Seahawks have taken, uh, we're going to be breaking down these guys and and looking at them throughout the off season. So, uh, looking forward to a lot more draft talk to come here in the off season. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. A big thanks once again to Brent for coming back onto the show, and we're going to be talking more draft all throughout this week leading up to the draft, and then trying to bring you pick-by-pick analysis as soon as the Seahawks pick. And so be sure and subscribe to the show, SBNation.com slash NFL Podcast. That way you can get the shows straight to your podcast feed as soon as they come out. And before I get on out of here, a big thanks to Jesse Jordan, who is our 93rd Rating and review through the Apple Podcast Store. Trying to get up to 100 here by the end of the month. So please leave me a review in the Apple Podcast Store. Stay tuned. More to come. And until then, go Hawks.